0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Anyway, Medvedev has won his first Masters 1000 title on clay. Clayvedev, does that make him a French Open title challenger? As Ghosty suggests here, Clayvedev, the new king of clay. Well, we've lost the king of clay seemingly at least for now. Uh is 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 Medvedev going to take over and win the next 14 French Opens? wasn't no, but I thought the I thought the first set was intriguing, but I thought the second set uh, really got really interesting because basically Runa decided to arrive uh, and he managed to break his opponent's serve a few times, but he had his chances. he had his moments, but mevedev holds and wins seven five seven five. so. Who's, who's more likely to win the French Open, Holger Runa or Daniel Medvedev? He is indeed just a toddler. And we're going to hear from Daniel Medvedev right now. Let's see what he's got to say. To match here in Rome this year. Oh, yeah, he never won a match in Rome. I always want to believe, right I want to believe in myself. I want to win the biggest tournaments. Honestly, though, I didn't believe I would win a Masters 1000 on on clay in my career. Never won a match in Rome until this year. Now he's won the title. Didn't have too many tantrums this year. Well, Well, of course, if you go on to win the title, that helps. He felt so good coming into this tournament. I don't know what's going on, but I feel amazing but you've got to play the toughest opponents in the world. And now I've proved to myself and everyone else that I'm capable of doing it. Both of us were maybe a little bit nervous at the beginning. We were just doing, our, doing the basics right. But I'm happy at the end of the second set. That I could just peek a little bit before he did, but the beginning of the second set, he stepped things up. Hey, Vanch.
1: Hello there, John.
0: How are you? What are your What are your immediate thoughts on on that?
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, immediate thoughts. Hang on a second. This, my microphone is all weird. Let me just fix this.
0: No problem. Medvedev looking happy. Medvedev had never won a match in Rome until seven day or t- 10 days ago. Had never won a match in Rome. Now he's won a Masters 1000 there. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I've always been a believer that Medvedev can adapt his game to the clay. Um, he showed it in early part of 2019. In 2021, he seemed uh, very miserable out there, complaining about the surface until Roland Garros yeah. when he made the quarterfinal. But, yes. you know, I mean, he has qualities in his game that see, would seem to work well on clay. He's incredibly consistent. Really, the court coverage is, 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 uh, is second to none, and he's improved so many things in his game this year, starting with the forehand, the amount of pace and power he's bringing off of both wings, his ability to slide in the forehand corner um to uh, yeah i mean he always had the big serve and he's he i think he won over 50% of his return games at one point this week until the mm-hmm. semis and then so i just feel like there's so many things in his game that can work well on clay and it was all in his head the entire narrative about medvedev and his his clay court game it was all in his head uh, like it, it's it's pretty much generated all by himself like there was there was no no evidence really like you have all the evidence you need this week because um yeah like he he was just able to adapt his game. I think he only dropped one set this whole week and in this match against Runa he was what uh five three down in that second set and he just would not go away and Runa you could see was just trying so hard to finish points. Didn't want to engage in many of those wrong physical rallies that Medvedev likes to extend. And Runa was trying to finish and using the drop shot coming coming forward finish trying to finish at net like serve big. And but it just wasn't it just wasn't working because um he just didn't have it physically. Uh and he he needs that extra little gear that uh, that he's still he, he's still kind of missing that has me question a little bit if he's ready to win a slam just yet. Because okay. he, he can do pretty much everything on, on on the court. It's just a question of um shot selection, choosing the right one and being physically and mentally engaged the entire time. Because he had stretches in this match runa where he was he was incredible. Like where he won 12 out of 16 points, or he was able to get yep. back in the in the second set. He um he had chances and he didn't have many chances actually in the first set. But um but certainly you know and then Taglu was telling him uh, on the change of ends to show more patience, uh to be willing to suffer a little bit more. And then once he was willing to do that, he won a 38-shot rally. And yeah. it was actually Medvedev who who started to uh, feel the pressure of finishing. And then that's when Bruno went on a surge and won three games in a row, but he just couldn't quite couldn't quite uh, sustain it, and that has to be really frustrating for him because he had opportunities to finish when he was serving for the set, and then this final could really have been up for grabs. But uh, yeah, I mean credit where credit is due. Now he's world well, number two, as Mario points out, number two seed at Roland Garros. He was 12 in the world after the Australian Open, so this is this. I mean, we have to start talking about him now as a real contender to finish the year number one along with Djokovic and Alcaraz because like, I, like this does change things
0: has he just overtaken Novak to, to world number two yeah wow so yeah, Novak's so world number three
1: yeah so that leaves us with the possibility of a Carlos Carlos Novak. and Novak in the same so house so that's yeah that changes the complexion completely. And now yeah, no, yeah has a big re- leader on in the race as well number one and
0: but that French Open draw has just taken on another dynamic. Yeah. Now, I do think we probably, you're right, we do probably have to think of Medvedev as a bit more of a serious contender after after the last 10 days or so in Rome. But uh, yeah, that changes things very much so for that draw. But um, we'll talk about that some other time, I think, especially as we'll probably be covering the draw live on the channel on Thursday. I want to get back to today i see this tweet here from you vanch 20 titles in 20 different cities for daniel Medvedev now uh six different masters 1000 title um and he's had just such a great year as as, as you highlight yeah. here in this tweet but regarding the match itself there were sort of two or three phases for me the first set neither could really make an impression on either serve for about 10 or 11 games I think we had two break points in that first 10 11 games and that was largely because uh, Medvedev did a double fault at one point meaning he had to face two break points he saved them though by getting his first serve in, which is part of the narrative for me for this match that when when Medvedev was getting his first serve in, he was fine uh and he was winning almost all of those points and in fact it also reminded me of how uh Runa just couldn't get a hold on um uh Bublik serve a few weeks ago in madrid it was just every time Bublik was getting a first serving runa had no answer for it no matter what he could do and at, at times in fact pretty much throughout the first set that's how it was however um and, and medvedev took his chance had one break point in that first set took it so we go into a second set and now we're also seeing certain things going on with runa in that he's being far more aggressive on the second serve and he's taking his chances as well. He got to love 40 very, very quickly uh, as a result of some really good returns on the Medvedev serve at the beginning of the second set. We're also seeing this this point, which I made to Jack before the match, which was we know the, the template against Medvedev of, of serve and volley, particularly uh, on a hard court, but also on a clay court where this is a template that, that Novak set out in paris bercy I think, in 2021. And we've seen other players pull it off very successfully, notably Carlos in the Indian Wells final this year. The only thing is that I said to Jack is, I just don't know if I have the same level of faith in Runa at the net that I do have in, in those two players we just touched on. But even someone like jan Leonard Struff, who was amazing at the net against Carlos a few weeks ago in Madrid, and I do think a couple of times at the net, Runa got exposed today. Now, whether that was just a bad day or a generic point regarding Runa. And Runa had chances as well. It was, I think, a forehand he put long, uh, really easy forehand he had quite close to the net. Anywhere in that net region, I think he won less than half the points at the net uh, overall today, which, which also, you sh- when you're coming to the net, you're probably in charge of the point, and therefore you should be winning more than half of those.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly we saw Sinner struggle with that in Miami um and this was somewhere in between it wasn't uh it wasn't carlos levels of proficiency but it wasn't sinner's level it was maybe somewhere in between um i think he's 13 for 26 at the net uh if i have the stats correct
0: okay so it's 50% uh, yeah so
1: so 50% but a lot of those volleys i think three of them came in one game where he was up uh, 2-1 in the second set and he just either didn't do enough with them or he was he was maybe wary of medvedev sort of anticipating it or he didn't drop it short enough. And it's like, uh, it's those, I think he, he'd sort of back himself against the most in that in that area. I do think Runa is, is more proficient at the net than most, but I, I just didn't see how, uh, I I felt like he needed, he felt like he had to do a little bit more. And he just wasn't quite able to uh, execute because he also felt like that was the only way out of this match because he he wasn't winning many of the longer rallies i think the the rallies that went over nine shots um medvedev had a distinct advantage uh and so it was all about it was all about keeping it short and basically he had to dominate the zero through four or the five through eight and he kind of wasn't really able to do it either because i don't think he had his best serving day um like i think i think he only made he made under fifty percent first serves in okay it's not going to get it done against no. uh, against the quality of return that medvedev is uh especially on these slow courts i also felt like the heavier conditions really favored medvedev in this in this matchup and actually he did do a better job protecting his second serve rona 63 percent, because he was being way more aggressive with it and he um uh medvedev wasn't actually hurting him much on the second serve return but uh yeah, and then, and then once Medvedev, I felt like in several big moments, Medvedev came out clutch with his first serve. Like 5-all, 30-40, for example, in the second set. Ace down yep. the uh, Runa had no read on it. Um, I also felt like maybe at times Runa dropped his forehand a little bit too short. And yep. he was maybe getting exposed a little bit because Medvedev has upped his forehand speed and he's actually playing more offensive than some players are expecting. Because before, I think particularly last year, he was more of a massage massage artist where he would just sort of punch the ball around on his forehand, redirect really well, but he couldn't really generate a lot of his own pace. Now I feel like he's really doing that. He's actually putting a lot more topspin, a lot more loop, and it's become like a, a real significant weapon. Like, I mean, against Tsitsipas, he was averaging over 80 miles per hour on that forehand. So I was like, you know, and and he was doing that sort of, you kind of expect that on faster courts, he'd get more help from the court in doing so, but... And I just feel like even on clay in heavier conditions with uh, where he doesn't have to slide as much, maybe because it's been wet and it's a lot slower. It's like playing in mud. Basically it's, it's almost, it's almost more hardcore-esque uh, with the dirt, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing though that he actually won this title. I just want to
0: get, I want to get uh, a rundown vanch uh you don't need to give me an explanation you just tell me your five favorites for the french open and in in the order that you think they are right now if you were if you were to do a power rankings or or your five favorites what who would they be
1: uh it's very very close between carlos and novak for me uh for mm-hmm. for number 1 but i'll just I'll, I'll give a slight edge to to carlos so i'll say carlos one novak two uh three I would have gone with i i I think i'll go with rona still i'll still go with rona uh and then fourth i'll go with fourth i still i still would go with Sitsipas because i'm backing the the pedigree and then and then number five i think now i'll have to go with medvedev
0: yep you know what i think i have exactly the same funnily enough each one it's a fine margin between each one um But in a way, uh, maybe today's result, as you said, Runa uh, for me was a. I was pretty comfortable comfortable about my first three being Alcaraz, Djokovic, Runa um, mm-hmm. before going into that final. But that, that final has, has put more doubt for me on Runa uh, for sure. Listen, yes. Vanch, uh, I wanted some hot takes from you. I'm really pleased you gave them to me. Uh, is, do you want to add anything else regarding today's final?
1: No, I think I covered it.
0: I think you did. I think you did. Uh, I've shared your your Twitter already. So, uh, Vanch, just remind us of your Twitter handle.
1: Uh, Twitter is at VanchV2K.
0: Cool. So give Vanch a follow on Twitter if that's where you're at. Uh, And make sure you hit this like button and subscribe to the channel. Uh, Vanch, of course, also has a podcast, uh, which is just uh, on the verge of... Have we had had the first uh, episode yet of of Ego and Carlos?
1: Yep, we had the first episode of the Ego and Carlos tennis show after Madrid. And actually David and I will be releasing another one this upcoming week on on Rome and just our general thoughts of matchups for those two and probably potential French open talk as well.
0: Great. So make sure you give the Eager and Carlos show uh, some love both on the Twitter account, but also uh, as a podcast as well. And I think there may even be plans to turn it into something on YouTube. Uh, Both of those players are at slightly different moments in terms of the French Open, but I'm sure you and Damien will be expanding on that uh, very, very shortly. Uh, Vansh, thanks for stopping
1: by. Yeah, thanks a lot, John. Good stuff.
0: Thank you. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I'll play us out with the usual video. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on Sports Social Podcast Network.